time. And, uh, and so we'll take a minute to go shake some hands. Uh, we're affectionate people around here, so we like to hug. But if you don't want to hug, just hold up your hands and we'll back off. We will respect your personal space. But if not, you're likely to get a hug from somebody. We want you to feel loved today, all right? So let's take a few minutes to go say hey to everybody. Let's go. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. I wanna wish you a you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. Wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Feliz, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, there you go. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a
Praise the Lord. You can make your way to your seats here. Hopefully everybody received a little bit of love this morning and you know what's going on. But we, again, are super happy to have you here with us for our Christmas celebration service. All right. I'm going to have Pastor Katie fill you in on the announcements and instructions because it's a full day of festivities today. All right. Praise the Lord. How many are excited to see your kids? Oh, I'm so excited. They work so hard. You know, sometimes they're really excited about the program, and then sometimes you're like, okay, seriously, stand still. They're going to do great this morning, though. They're going to do great. Okay, so they are going to be picked up after service in Victory Hall, the building behind here. Everybody will be all together. Unless you have nursery age, nursery age will stay where you drop them off. You with me? If you're confused, see that guy in the hat? He has the answers. Yeah. Okay, praise the Lord. Thanks, Robert. Um, If you have not yet received the infamous High Desert Word Center 2022 calendar, raise your hand and we'll bring you one. Okay, there's a few in the middle. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm so glad that you guys still love the calendars. We thought they were silly for a few years, but you love them. So take your calendars. We love you. You are so loved. Praise the Lord. Okay, so after service, as you know, we're going to have lunch because so many of you brought all the food. Praise the Lord for that. And um, the children are going to get gifts. So make sure you get your kids before you get in line to eat. And we're running an experiment, okay? So know this, that sometimes experiments don't work out as planned, but we're trying. So roll with me on this one, okay? We have flipped how the line normally goes. So instead of lining up in the back for food, we're going to line in the front for food. And we're trying to keep it warmer for you because last time it was a little cold. So we're working on it, and that's why we flipped the line. So, you know, look wherever the crowd's going and follow that, okay? Because in this place, that's an okay thing to do. Not out there, but in here, that's okay. Okay? Praise the Lord. So we'll have lunch after service, and then we'll do uh, gifts for children after lunch There are a few things coming this week that you need to make sure on your calendar. Christmas is about Jesus, and that's why we're all here today. So don't forget Wednesday night service, and on Wednesday night, the youth group is having their Christmas party because we didn't want to do it during finals. We made it through finals, and so (laughs) hallelujah. Now we can have Christmas break. So on Wednesday night at 7, we'll have main service here as usual, and we will have youth as usual, but it will be our Christmas party. So wear Christmas, bring a snack, and a white elephant gift, something funny, less than $5, or something half used from your house, just not gross. Okay? So that's Wednesday service. And then Friday is Christmas Eve, and all our families will be together, and we want to make sure to get together and honor Jesus together. So we will have a Christmas candlelight service on Christmas Eve at six o'clock in the sanctuary here. So don't forget to make it six o'clock Christmas Eve. Now, if you are with us for the very first time or for the first time in a long time, please, would you wave at me? Raise your hand. We have some gifts for you. Keep your hand up. Like we've got some gifts for you. They're going to serve you and they've got a little card for, for you. And it has some information on it. If you could fill out your information so we can keep in touch with you, we have a gift for you after service. So that little card that you've got after service, meet someone up here. 
these ladies who are serving you now, they'll be up here at the altar area by the platform. You can give them your card and they have a gift for you. And it really is just as cool as the gift that we're giving the kids. So if you're, if you did not get a gift, keep waving and they'll come to you. Keep your arm up. It's practice for worship. Okay. And then you can switch sides. Okay. Lift your hands to the Lord. It'll be good. Thank you so much for coming and celebrating Jesus with us today and celebrating kids in church who love the Lord. It's an honor to have your children. We are so proud of them and we love them so very much. All right, so a lot of you are here today because maybe a little kid invited you, and we love that. Uh, children are a massive part of our heart and our ministry here at High Desert Word Center. We absolutely love kids because if they can lay the right foundation at this stage in their life, they're going to make it through anything that comes against them as they get older and move on in the world. And so uh, today, uh, these kids have been working super hard over the last couple of months on uh, memorizing their lines and on singing their songs and all this stuff. They have adorable costumes. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's going to be one of the cutest things that you've ever seen in your life. But on top of that, beyond the cuteness is a message that these kids have in their heart, and it's that a baby was born 2,000 years ago so he could grow up and be the savior of the entire world. There's never been anybody like Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's give some, the Lord some praise together this morning. Hallelujah. All right. Well, uh, Miss Betty, are, are they need a mic. Okay, so I'll just give you guys this one, all right? Yeah, we'll get one for you. All right.
angel of Gabriel was sent from God into the city of named Nazareth to a virgin named Mary who was engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the angel came to her and said, son and you will call him Jesus. The Holy Ghost will come upon you and the child will be called Holy, the Son of God. husband Joseph was a good man. He did not want to disgrace her in public, so he planned to divorce her secretly. While Joseph thought about this, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. You will name the son Jesus. Give him that name because he will save his people from their sins. My wife is pregnant and will soon deliver our child. It is a In those days, Caesar Augustus set an order to all people under Roman rule. The order said that they must list their, name, their names in the register, and everyone went to their own towns to be registered. So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, in the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary because she was engaged to marry him and was expecting a child. You have room your ends. My wife is pregnant and will soon deliver our child. It is a gift from God to all mankind. to capacity there is no more room I in I do have a major that you may stay in it's right over there
they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her, her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
night, some shepherds were in the field nearby, watching their sheep. An angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord was shining around them. Then suddenly, they became very frightened. Suddenly, the great company of angels appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem and see what the Lord has done. So the shepherds went quickly and found Mary and Joseph, and the shepherds saw the baby lying in the manger. Gently ways a mother. 
Then the shepherds went back to their sheep, praising God and thanking him for everything that they had heard. It was just as the angel had told them. But Mary wondered about all these things that were happening and kept them close to her heart. bright star to light the king's way to baby Jesus was born on Christmas Day. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the reign of King Herod, some wise men from the east came to Bethlehem. baby who was born to be the king of the Jews. We saw his star in the east. We came to worship him. Go and look carefully to find the child. Go and look carefully to find the child. And when you find him, come tell me so then I can come worship him. Wise men heard the king and then left. They saw the same star they had seen in the east. It went before them until it stopped above the place where the child was. When the wise men saw the star, they were filled with joy. They went to the house where the child was born and saw him with his mother Mary. They bowed down before him and worshipped the child. They opened the gifts they they brought for him. The they gave him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
The wise men did not return to King Herod, for God had warned them in a dream. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with the child and will give birth to a son, and they will name him they will call him Emmanuel, which means Jesus came to be our Savior, to seek and save, to seek and save to all that were lost. He came to give us life and more abundantly. He came to fulfill all the promises in God's word toward us, so that we could have eternal life with Him in heaven someday. What a blessing. <laughs> they made it, guys. They made it. They are bringing you a little book that they ordered back in September. It's a book of promises from God to you. So these kids, they know God's promises. And they're giving that as a gift to you. And they're very, very excited about it. So you take that home and treasure that. Yeah. 
Amen. Isn't this awesome? These kids wanted to make sure that all of you got a gift today. So again, uh, they're passing out a devotion book of God's promises to every household. And they got candy canes also. Amen. All right. One per family is what they're doing there. And let's hear it for these kids one more time. Didn't they do an awesome job today? Amen. And also... This is Leah Mata. She's our children's church director, and she uh, would also like to give a big thank you to somebody. Miss Betty. Miss Betty. Hi. <laughs> I want to um, introduce you guys to uh, the children's church performance director. Per- I mean, <laughs> she's lots of things. She's just she doesn't just do the performances or the plays. She does so many things. She's a she's a, tr- a teacher in children's church, but she is the best there is. And I just want to say thank you for everything that you have done. You are a blessing not only to those children but to me. And you do it all to give God glory. It's never for your own glory. You never want to be up here in, in, in front of everybody. You always want it to be about God. So uh, thank you so much. And this is the kids all signed this little Christmas tree for you. So thank you so much. I love you. All right. Praise God. Well, after the kids uh, pass out their presents to you, they're going to go to their class over there and have a little party and uh, celebrate themselves. So uh, the kids will be headed next door. And then after uh, service, we'll pick the kids up over there. All right. Praise the Lord. If your child wasn't in the program, but is sixth grade and under, you are welcome to send them if they would like to go to the party as well. So this long line that's forming by the wall, (laughs) if you are sixth grade or below, you are welcome to join them for the party and they will be ready for you after service. All right. Well, good job to the kids. We appreciate them and all their work. And uh, there's a few uh, <laughs> few cute glitches there, but that's we love that. Amen. It, uh, it's just perfect them being themselves. So uh, thank you guys. You did an awesome job. All right. Well, I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor do our uh, Sunday morning tithes and offerings and our missions offerings. So go ahead. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for coming out this morning to see all the children. I know that really means a lot to them. So we're glad that you're all out here today. Well, it's time for our morning tithes and offerings, but it's also Mission Sunday. And so I'm going to be, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand real tall and make sure that you mark your envelopes plainly. Because if you don't mark your envelope plainly, like if you have a missions offering and you don't mark it, it goes in the general fund. So make sure that you mark your offerings plainly and the ushers will be more than glad to give you an envelope for your giving. Well, today I'm going to be reading out of Philippians chapter 4, and I'm starting out with uh, verse 10. And this is actually an offering scripture. It's actually a mission scripture. Remember, we tell you all the time there's a difference between your tithe, 
which is 10% of your income, which belongs to the Lord, doesn't belong to you, belongs to the Lord. And then there's offerings on top of that. And then there's alms, which is giving to the poor. So this here is an, an offering scripture, and it has to do with giving to missions. Now, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we. all of you know, well, those of you who are with, local with us most of the time, you know who Ray Bench is. He comes here and he ministers. He's part of Dr. Barclay's church in Midland, Michigan. But he recently returned from Libya, right? Liberia. Okay, it was one of those L countries. Liberia. And he led a lot of people to the Lord, including Muslim people, to the Lord. And the church sent him a special offering for that. He's not one of our regular missionary guys, but he made a special trip over there. So we sent an offering to him from the church, which was substantial. And also, uh, Dana Nile just returned from Nepal. And he was gone for like three weeks, and he had quite a time. They were trying to get out into the into the mountain regions. Their jeeps broke down. I mean, it was just a, it was just something. But I think he's back in the states now. I think he came back a day or two ago. And whenever he goes over there, I mean, just wonderful, wonderful things happen. So High Desert Word Center supports several missionaries, and those two are some of them. So let me read to you about uh, out of uh, Philippians chapter four. I'm in the New King James, and Paul says, "But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly." that now at last your care for me has flourished again. though you sacri- So you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again for my necessities. Not that I, need, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma. That's what, that's what our offerings to things like missionaries, it's a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to the Lord. And because they gave offerings, if you give offerings on top of your tithe, then you can claim this verse. You just can't go flippantly claiming this verse which you've all heard you have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only the word says deceiving your own selves verse 19 and if you do that if you if you're tither if you've given to offerings you've given to missions then and god shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by christ jesus now to our god and father be glory forever and ever amen amen hallelujah all right let's say our financial faith confession and then when you can bring your tithes and your offerings up here, making sure that you mark those missions offerings special because they'll go in the general fund if you don't. And then we'll receive, then we'll do praise and worship, right? Yay, bro, okay, all right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase.
Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's all stand if we can, and we're going to sing together. Let's sing this. The angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Your name above 
answer belong to you forever. You will reign. Let's sing this together. Sing highly. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus. One more time. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You
him on today. Praise him. Worship him on today. Death could not hold you. The veil torn before you. It silenced the bolts of sin and grace. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to
Wow, I never, ever, ever get tired of hearing the name of Jesus, of speaking the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. The scripture tells us every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is Lord this morning. Amen. And Isaiah the prophet, uh, I mean, 600 years before Jesus was ever even born into this world, he prophesied that a savior and a king and a Messiah was going to come and save God's people. And he wrote about it. And it was in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I'm in the New Living Translation here. But it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, check this out, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that's the name of Jesus right there. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. Amen. He's a mighty God to us this morning. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And if you need peace today, the Prince of Peace is here. He was born 2,000 years ago. And he'll bring you peace today if you'll let him, if you'll accept him, if you'll do things his way. He will change your life in ways you never, ever even dreamed possible. That's the Jesus that we serve. And that's why we get so excited about him around here. Because we know we were screwed up. We were tore up from the floor up before Jesus came and saved us and changed our lives. Let's hear it for Jesus one more time today. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. And we're here today to say happy birthday to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you can make your way to your seats this morning. Hallelujah. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. I am grateful to get to be together with the family today, the church family, and to uh, sing his praises and to celebrate Jesus because he is without a doubt the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Jesus is the absolute best thing. Amen. So this morning, uh, we've been in a series here the last few weeks on our Sunday mornings called Good Tidings. And what I want to do today for just a few minutes is to uh, show you a little bit more of the good tidings we're talking about. And if you're like, well, what are tidings? I've never heard of that. This is 2021. Well, tidings, it means news. And so we're talking about good news. And I don't know about you, but I, I like good news. We are slapped every day with bad news. In fact, I I researched it and I I studied this out and I found out that several studies have discovered that 90% of the news headlines that you hear every day are negative, consistently negative, bad news. And, and, And why is that? Well, people, they seem to pay attention to bad news because we've been conditioned for so long to focus on the negative. And we hear bad news. Well, this is happening. And I even found out that a full 95% of the time, the media will even take something that's positive and put a negative light on it just to catch your attention. And so I'm thinking, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to only look for the negative and the bad, even though it's out there. I'm here for some good news today. Amen. And you came to God's house on this Christmas service to hear good news. And that's what you're fixing to hear today is some good news. Amen. And so we're going to open up to our uh, our main chapter for this whole series. And it's Luke chapter 2. 
and we're going to look at verses 8 through 11. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. Amen. And I'll read this in the New King James here. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And we're going to, they just read this a few minutes ago. The shepherds were out in the field there. And I noticed that some of our angels left some feathers behind. I mean, these are everywhere up here. Like, and I'm from the country, so I see feathers. I'm thinking, hey, we're having, we're having chicken for dinner tonight. Come on, somebody. Yeah. So anyway, praise God, the feathers are there. And then another interesting note that I've always, you know, I've heard people mention this, but imagine, that, you know, who in here is a parent? You, you are a parent. You have little kids. What's one of the best times of when you get the little guys to sleep, right? They're asleep. Thank you, Jesus. You made it through another day. Imagine that you just got your newborn to sleep. And some kid shows up with a drum, and he does a drum solo just to wake your kid up. The little drummer boy. I'm like, come on. I appreciate your gift, but don't come in here banging a drum when I just got the kid to sleep. Amen. Come on. All right. And so here we are, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11 of the New King James. It says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And we always hear this story, and so, you know, that doesn't seem that scary to us. But imagine you're out in the middle of a field watching some sheep in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden the whole sky lights up with the heavenly host, the angels of God, amen. And and you've seen movies, you've seen high definition. They've never seen anything near this. This was mind-blowing. This was beyond comprehension. And so the angels all show up. They're terrified. They're like, what is this? They're terrified. And then verse uh, 18, then, or excuse me, verse 10, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you, there it is, Good tidings. I've got good news today of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that's really good news because guys like me, we needed a Savior. We needed somebody to come rescue us and save us from all that this world and all that the enemy was trying to throw at us. And so... What I want to do today is take just a few minutes here and give you three things that Jesus wants to give you today. And I'm talking about good tidings, good news of things that Jesus wants for you to have. And so let's pray, and then we're going to dig into God's word for a few minutes here. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that Jesus was born on that Christmas day, that he laid aside heaven so he could come down here and be one of us. And Lord, I know that we're in here today, and and we need answers, Lord. We, We need help from you. We simply can't do this on our own. And I pray today that as we study your word and hear the good news you have for us, you're going to speak to us, we're going to listen, and you are going to change our lives forever. In the mighty name of Jesus, can somebody say amen today? Amen. All right. Good news for you today. All right. Number one, Jesus wants to give you hope. He wants to give you hope. And I see so many people in our world today that they seem absolutely hopeless. Now, it's one thing to be in a troublesome spot. I know I I talk to people every day of the week, every day of the year that come to me and say, this is going on in my life. Can you pray for this? Can, can, can Can you do something about this? And it's one thing to be troubled. It's one thing to be in a bad spot. But then 
sometimes we come across people that have lost all hope. And that's a dangerous spot to be in when you don't see any possible way out, when you don't see any possible way that things could change. That's called being hopeless. And Jesus came into this world for the hopeless to say, I know that you don't even think it's possible for this to turn around, but I'm telling you right now, I can fix it if you'll just give it to me. If you'll just give me a shot at this, I can fix it. Now at our church, we focus on faith a lot. That's, that is a tenet. That is a core foundation belief of our of our entire doctrine, of everything we are, it's faith because Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So yes, faith is big, but another crucial component of the Christian life is to have hope. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 says, three things will remain forever. I'm like, three things, what are those? Betty White's turning 100 next week. Is she one of them? No, it's not Betty White. But she, I mean, that is old. That's super old. But no, uh, it says three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And we hear a lot about faith, and we hear a lot about love, but check it out. Hope must be pretty important if it made it onto this exclusive list of things that will last forever. So what is hope? Well, hope is that first little spark. That first little glimmer of light when you are in a bad situation, hope will simply say, you know what, it's hard right now, but I believe it is possible that God could do something here. It is possible that I could break this addiction. It is possible that I could make it through this sickness. It is possible that my family could be restored. That's hope. It says there's a possibility. And then we move on to a stage called faith that says, not only is it possible for this to turn around, I believe that this will turn around. That's called faith. Hope says it's possible. Faith says, oh, it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. But you have to have hope. And so the story the kids just told through all their, you know, their, their performance there, 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people in Bethlehem and in the entire nation there, they were in what they thought was a pretty hopeless position. They was bad. The Romans had overtaken them. Uh, Roman soldiers patrolled the streets and said, hey, give me some lunch money. Hey, you owe me this. And they just bossed them around and, and abused them and used them. And the Jewish people despised and hated the Romans. The only glimmer of anything they had was that there was prophecies that someday a Messiah, a Savior would come and rescue them. And so they're expecting some mighty military hero. They're expecting Rambo to show up with, you know, the bullets on each side and just come in and nuke the whole place and save them. But God says, okay, listen, the Savior's finally here. And they're all like, where is he? Is he coming in a tank? Is he in a, is he in a Hummer? Where is he? And no, no, he's laying in a manger out in a barn. Your Savior's a little baby. And one thing that I love about God is that he always does things so opposite of how we planned it. How many of you, you just had some great big thing. Uh, this is how you pictured the rescue happening. And then God did it a totally different way. But it was better than what you had even pictured for yourself. 
And it would have been one thing if he would have sent in some warrior, some Navy SEAL to do it all. But I love that he sent some baby to come in and be raised in a regular family to live a life just like we lived to save the entire world. I want to show you a verse this morning. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Yeah. As my dad always says, I'd rather be here than the best prison in all of Southern California. No, all right. I'd rather be here than the best hospital in all of Southern California. What I'm saying today is this. You should rejoice that you're at church and that God gave you the ability to be here today and not somewhere else. So Hebrews 10, 23. I'm going to read this in the New Living here. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Praise the Lord. We're talking about hope for just a minute here because Jesus wants you to have hope. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Why? Why could we hold tightly? For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And I'm telling you today that you can trust God to keep his promise. Now, the problem is so many of us, we have a hard time trusting because People have made promises to you, and they didn't keep them, did they? They said, hey, I'll love you forever, baby girl. I'll love you. Then where are they? They left. And maybe even parents promised us things. And then our parents didn't keep their promise to us. And I remind every parent in here, we cannot break the trust of our children. If you make a promise, you need to keep it. They need to know that. Because why? Well, they begin to picture the Heavenly Father just like they picture their father down here. Well, my dad promises this all. He never keeps it. What? You think I can trust God too? Parents, you got to keep your word to your kids. And I'm telling you this morning that God can be trusted to keep his promise. So let us hold tightly to that hope that we affirm. There is never a point in my life that I am hopeless, ever. Because I've got Jesus Christ in my corner. There's been times that we've been knocked around. Times we've been kicked by this world. Storms and troubles have come. But for the child of God, there is no moment where I can say, I have no hope at all. This is completely hopeless. There is no hope. That is not a phrase that will come out of your mouth when you've got Jesus in your life. Let me show you another verse here in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 6. And verse 19, God always comes through. And maybe it's not the way that you pictured or the time frame that you pictured, but he always does come through. He can be trusted to keep his promise. Hebrews 6, and we're going to look here at verse 19. And it says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. What does an anchor do? It keeps you in place. It keeps you from wandering off. It keeps you from drifting to places that you don't belong to. And so when we have this hope of Jesus, it will anchor us from drifting off and going to places that we don't belong. And notice it says it's an anchor for our soul. And through a thorough study of scripture, you'll see that your soul is your mind, your will and your emotions. When your hope is in Jesus and him alone, he will keep your mind from going places that it don't belong. And who knows that sometimes your mind will jump to the worst case possible scenario. 
man, I got a paper cut. Get on WebMD. What does this mean? What is this? Pump the brakes, brother. Pump the brakes. Calm down. We're going to make it. Listen, your mind, if you'll let it, it will just wander and take you places you don't need to go. Your emotions will go up and they'll go down, but it tells us that this hope is an anchor for our soul to keep us from drifting to places that we do not belong in as a child of God. And I think the gift of emotional stability is a wonderful gift from Jesus. Let's give Jesus some praise this morning. Amen. I don't want to be a basket case. I don't want to be drifting all over the place. And so Jesus showed up to give us hope. Number two, Jesus showed up to bring us help. Jesus wants you to have hope, and he wants you to have help. And I, again, I just can't get over how he always does things so opposite of what we had imagined. I was reading a story this preacher told. He said, I read about a woman who locked her keys in her car in a really bad neighborhood. She tried a coat hanger to break into the car, but she couldn't get that to work. So finally she prayed, God, send somebody to help me get out of this situation. Well, five minutes later, an old beat up junky car pulls up and this big, rugged, rough, tough biker gets out of the car. You know, he, he's just, he's not, you know, not the type of guy that you would typically want to come across. I mean, just a rough, tough, gnarly dude. And so he comes up and says, uh, hey, you need some help? And she's like, um, yeah, I, I guess so. And so so she says, can you break into my car for me? He's like, give me that coat hanger. Within two seconds, he's got the thing open. And she's like, Oh, my gosh. She gives him a great big hug. You are such a good, nice man. Thank you. Thank you. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I am I got. I'm not a nice man. I just got out of prison today. I just did a couple of years for Grand Theft Auto. OK, I've been, I, and, and so she's like, thank you, Jesus, and gives him another big hug. She says, not only did Jesus send help, he sent a professional. So I'm telling you, hey, sometimes. I don't care how the help comes. Jesus is just going to send the help. Amen. So don't judge the package. Just receive the help. Hallelujah. But, you know, the Bible tells us in Matthew 9, 36, it says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. They were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I'm like, man, Jesus, that sounds like the world right now. I see a lot of confused and helpless people like sheep without a shepherd. You're not called to go through this life without a shepherd. You're supposed to have somebody to lead you and guide you and protect you and show you the way. And Jesus is that shepherd. In John 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. And then Jesus shows up and these people all seem lost and confused. But Jesus knew I got to do something about this. I have got to save these people. And and you know that Jesus existed long before he was born to the Virgin Mary back on that Christmas day 2,000 years ago. He has always existed since the beginning of time. But check it out. Can you imagine living in heaven? You got the streets of gold. You've got the river of life flowing right down the middle. You've got perfect peace, not a problem that could even be imagined you are living the life. Anybody remember the intro to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when he's just spinning in that chair? I mean, come on. I'm not saying that that's Jesus, but he had a really, really 
good thing going for him in heaven. Then he looks down here and sees all this train wreck, and he's like, uh, you know what, I'm going to lay all this aside, and I'm going to go down there. Because to save us, he had to become one of us. And he laid all he laid all his riches, laid all of his glory, laid it all aside to come live down in this mess. Remember when you were kids, someone would call you a name, and you'd say, yeah, well, it takes one to know one, so yeah, you know, take that. How about that? Well, Jesus, it seems, could that literally... It takes one to know one. And he laid it all aside and became just like you, became just like me. Well, I, I, I don't know. Hebrews 4.15 says that he was tempted and troubled in all the same ways that you are, yet without sin. If there's been a temptation or a trouble or a test in your life, Jesus faced that same thing. He laid it aside so he could be just like us so he could save us and there's a lot of people that they may feel helpless but jesus is here today to give you help but i repeat you've got to do it his way you got to do it his way let me show you a story here in john chapter 6 flip over to john chapter 6 amen amen who's having a good time today john chapter 6 i'm gonna look at a story here of the disciples but have you ever been in a spot where you felt completely helpless in over your head? I can't do this on my own. You thought you had it together. I remember becoming a parent. You know, uh, we've been married for four or five years. We, you know, start having little kids here. I'm, I'm reading these books and reading these articles and I'm studying and I'm like, wow. This is great. We even went to the classes and bounced on the ball and all this, you know, fun stuff. And and it was, it was just crazy. But I thought, man, bring on the kid. I'm ready. Then he showed up. I'm like, dear God, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is scary. And I feel like I still don't. But praise God, don't tell anybody that. That's between us. But but it's one thing. You think you got it together. Then you're in a spot where you just, you need, you need 911. I need help. I remember for the first, uh, after he was a little guy, you know, Katie would go off to the office and then I had him for a few hours before I came to the church. Well, I like pancakes. And so I'm like, you know what, this boy, we want him to grow tall and strong. We ate pancakes every morning for six months. And it turns out that's not good for children. They need nutrients. You know, uh, that, that, that log cabin syrup and butter don't provide. And so anyway, uh, that didn't end well. I got in trouble and it just wasn't good. The boy got sick, but praise God, Jesus, he knows. Amen. I should ask Jesus. I should ask somebody, but here we go. So John chapter six, I'm going to look here at verses 16 through 21. And here's a story of Jesus own disciples in a spot where they needed help. And if you're like, well, if anyone should have it together, it's the guys that are right there next to Jesus. I mean, come on, they get to hang out with them every day. Well, we get to hang out with them every day, but sometimes we get ourselves into a little bit of a messy situation. And so here we are, John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21, and uh, the disciples were out on the water and things got bad. Verse 16, that evening Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him, but as darkness fell and Jesus still had not come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Tip of advice, always wait for Jesus. Even if he's taken a while, just wait. Do not go on your own. So they go on their own. And soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. 
They had rode three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. Guess what? They were terrified, just like the shepherds were. But he called out to them and said, don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat. Immediately they arrived at their destination. And so whatever the trouble or the problem is that we may be facing today, you realize Jesus hasn't changed, right? The same Jesus that walked three or four miles on water 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that we serve and talk to every day in 2021. Because I come across people and they read that and like, that's a cute story. I appreciate that. But I live right now. This is our day and age, and Jesus has not changed. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he could show up and say, don't be afraid, I am here. To those guys, guess what he's saying to you in your situation today? Jesus is here, and he's saying, don't be afraid. I am here. Tip of advice. Let him in the boat. Let him in the boat of your life, and things will turn around, but you got to let him in. And he wants to be there to be your help. He wants to be there to, to be your restoration if you need restored, but you've got to call on him. We are just singing this song, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Now, if you're a child of God, that means something to you right there because you know that is a beautiful name. Any time in my life when I have been in a bad spot, man, you call on the name of Jesus. Well, I don't know any perfect prayers. I don't know how to word it. I don't know. It doesn't matter if you've got all the words together. He's not looking for your perfection. He just wants your heart. And if you would call him and say, you know, Jesus, help. Jesus, help. I need your help. When uh, Pastor Katie and I here were, uh, I guess, 18? Maybe we're, no, we're 17 still, 17 still. Um, one morning I get a phone call. We, we had been dating for a while. I think we were 17, maybe it was 18. Either way, it's been a few years, okay? So give me a break. But so she, she's, uh, she gives me a call, and I'm at my job, and uh, I was frying chicken. That was my job. It was a great job. I loved it. Actually, believe it or not, I was marinating gizzards. That was what I was doing that morning. And so I'm marinating the gizzards and getting them ready. And, 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 and so she called and says, hey, I had a trail. Uh, okay, though, talk to you later. I'm like, okay, um, you okay? I'm fine, bye. Then I hang up the phone, and I'm like, did she say she hit a tree or she hit a train? So I, I, I get on the phone. I'm like, hey, did you say you hit a tree or a train? I hit a train. Choo-choo, locomotive, hit a train. I'm like, and you're calling me? Are, you're alive, right? This isn't like the, you know, what? What's going on? Well, we lived out in the country, and, uh, you know, we were still in high school and everything, but lived out in the country, and a lot of our railroad tracks don't have the arm that comes down. 17-year-old girls driving into town, sunlight's right there. There's trees everywhere. They come right up to the road. She doesn't see this full-speed-ahead locomotive until about 30 yards ahead. It's been raining. She hits her brakes. She slides right into the side of this moving full speed ahead train. It throws her car in the air, and 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 you should have seen the car. It just looked like you took a piece of foil and crumpled it up and threw it. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm coming. Just stay where you are. And so 
I don't like to brag, but I have, I've had a good life. I drove a 1980 vet at the time, 1980 vet. So I get Chevette. It wasn't a Corvette. It was a Chevette. So I get it. Right, <laughs> sorry, I should have prefaced that. I, it was a 1980 Chevette, all right? And it had four cylinders. Three of them worked. So I got in, and I, I just drilled it, brother, and I drove there. I was passing semis on a one-lane road. I, I got there to get, and, 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 and she is totally fine. I'm like, what happened? She tells me, and she says, when I saw the train, I hit the brakes, and I said, help me, Jesus. She hits the train, but guess what? Jesus was right there. And Jesus saved her. And Jesus made that happen. Don't tell me, well, she's just lucky because everybody I know that runs into the sides of trains, you know, some of, no, I don't know anybody that's just run into the side of a moving train. And it happened, and Jesus Christ saved her life because Jesus is our help. And in fact, the vehicle behind her was a, a group of landscape guys, and they got out, they chased her down the train tracks and said, this little man said, it was Jesus, it was Jesus who saved you, Jesus saved you. And the, one of the craziest parts was the guy driving the train, first day getting to drive the train by himself. So anyway, praise God. I hope you had a good career after that, but you know what I'm saying. Thank you, Jesus. God saved her because Jesus helps. There is power in the name of Jesus if you'll just call out to him. And the third thing I want to say today is this. Number one, Jesus wants to bring you hope. Number two, he wants to bring you help. Number three, Jesus will bring you healing in your life. He'll bring you healing. You know, Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up all of their wounds. He'll heal your broken heart. Matthew 8.17 says that he took our sickness and removed our disease. He'll heal your body. If you need it, he'll heal your body. He heals our troubled minds and brings us peace. According to Philippians chapter four, he'll heal every single piece of your life. If you will let him and if you'll let him do things his way, he'll heal everything. And so I asked for permission to tell this story. But so, but Dave McNeil over here and Irma, everybody knows Dave McNeil. So, amen. So uh, they had been uh, they had been married for a really for a long time, probably nearly twenty years. I'm guessing, right? Before all this occurred, about twenty years. And let's just get real. They raised two awesome daughters, and then divorce hit their home when the girls were raised. And 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 at that time, Dave wasn't really serving the Lord, according to his you know his own testimony. And uh, and through all of this, during they were they were legally officially. Finally, 100% divorce. It was official. They've been divorced for a couple of years. This man gives his life to Jesus. And I'm not just talking about he said a prayer and then, you know, like, well, there we go. No, he gave his life to Jesus. I started seeing this dude at church three times a week. Anything going on, this guy came to the house of the Lord. This guy was reading. His daughters would tell me, dad's out there reading his Bible every morning. I, I, it's, it's awesome. It's just, it's crazy. Well, guess what? He got a help. He, excuse me. He got a hold of the hope that Jesus gives. And then he got a hold of the help that Jesus gives. And then Jesus healed the home. Dave and Irma, they got back together and we redid their wedding vows right here. And they've been married again now for several years. Four or five years, 
remarried, serving God, and absolutely a shining example of the gift of Jesus Christ. I think of Nick and Sabrina. I didn't ask their permission, but they don't mind. They're an open book. Same thing. <laughs> hey, they'll tell you. Same thing. They came, they came in hurt and split up and in a bad situation. And, uh, and, you know, Sabrina's attitude could have used a little bit of help because she came in and my dad says, hey, this is your church and I'm your pastor. She says, no, it's not. And no, you're not. The very first time she came. <laughs> but through the help of God Almighty and Jesus Christ, that home is healed. They've added two children to the home since then for a total of four. And what am I saying? Man, you guys are good over there. You can do it. We aren't good at nothing. Jesus is really good. And we know how to point you to Jesus. Jesus absolutely did this. He'll heal you every time. I've got one final story to show you this morning. It's in Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5. And I was I was looking at a lot of healing stories of Jesus to tell. And I, there's a lot of them in the four gospels. I had others in mind, but consistently the Lord spoke to me and said, you have to tell this story. In fact, I had my sermon written a while back. Then last night, uh, the Lord, you know, spoke to my heart and said, no, here's what you need to do. So this is, I changed the whole sermon last night about, you know, 12 hours ago. But here we are. This is what you need to hear today. Mark chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 25 through 34. This is a story about a, a woman who had had what the Bible calls an issue of blood. She had been bleeding nonstop for 12 years. And she had gone to every doctor. She had gone to receive every treatment and nothing helped. Nothing. She was hopeless. She was helpless and she needed healing from God. And so what we have here is Mark chapter five, verse 25. It says a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she got worse. Can you imagine how that would leave you feeling? You would feel hurt, bitter. You've got nothing left. You spent all your money, and nobody could help you. She was in a low spot. Verse 27, but she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. She heard of Jesus, and hope sparked within her heart. Wait a minute, there's this guy, there's a chance, there is a chance. And then when she reaches out for Jesus, she says, oh, when I get a hold of Jesus, I will be healed. And so she touches him, and immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Twelve years, twelve years of all the money, every doctor, nobody could help you. One second with Jesus did what twelve years of doctors and everybody else couldn't do. Jesus could rock your world in one second more than anything that you possibly imagine if you'll reach out. And if you'll do things his way, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? 
his disciples said to him, well, look at the crowd pressing around you. How could you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, imagine her state. Women weren't allowed to just go out there and, and rub shoulders with all the men. She probably had a, a covering over her head. She probably knew, well, I gotta, I can't be in here. I can't speak up. I, I got to know my role. I can't. It was just not a good time to be a woman back then. But she, this frightened, scared little woman, comes to Jesus, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her. She came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Those are the most beautiful words that I've ever heard. When you get a hold of Jesus, your suffering is over. And maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I've been, I've gone through some, I am going through some suffering right now, but I am telling you without any fear of contradiction, if you will reach out to Jesus and receive him today, he would tell you, your suffering's over. You just got to let me in. And, and yet I repeat it for the thousandth time. You got to do things my way. But if you'll do it, your suffering's over. And he will bring you peace. He will bring you joy. He will bring you hope. He will bring you salvation. And so one final thing about healing. When I was three years old, um, I got really sick when I was about three years old. And my parents couldn't find out what was going on. And I finally got so bad I couldn't even walk anymore. I became crippled. And I was just nonstop sick. So they take me to the doctor, and, and they say, you know what? We need to run some tests. They run some tests. They're like, your child has leukemia. And it's this isn't good. We're going to be honest. This is advanced. This boy is not in good shape. And so uh, Jesus wasn't just something that we, you know, occasionally visited. He wasn't just something that was a cute accessory to our life. Jesus was the foundation of their lives. They did like that woman. They reached out and got a hold of Jesus. And I was in a children's hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana, Riley Children's Hospital. Great hospital, great people. But I'm just going to say, having leukemia is never fun. But when you're three and a half, it's really not fun. They would jab these things up my back for spinal taps. I've got scars on my back still. I've got holes in my veins still from all the blood that was drawn and the transfusions that were put in. And I thank God for what they did. But it didn't seem like really much was going on. And then one day, that one morning, they put me on the, the doctor's table there, and they're going to take some more blood. They had just done it the night before, and I was full of cancer the night before. They t- go to take my blood. I hadn't walked in a long time. I jump up off of the doctor's table and take off running down the hallway. They're like, whoa, catch that boy. I hadn't walked in months, yet alone ran. And so I'm just singing this song over and over that they sang at my church. And I'm singing this praise song. They catch me. They take the blood. They put it under the microscope. And the Lord is my witness. I kid you not. I am not lying to you at all. They took my blood. And from that moment, they're like, there's no cancer in this blood at all. What's going on here? In fact, not only is there no cancer, these are mature white blood cells. That would take months. That would maybe take a year to absolutely have mature white blood cells. This kid, we don't know what's going on. So they kept drawing blood. They kept bringing me back. Here I am. That was 1989. Here we are in 2021. They're still checking and the cancers never came back. 
Why? Because Jesus is the healer. Is it because that, well, he, you know, he, he likes, no, he doesn't like me better than anybody else. I dare say that I annoy him sometimes. But at the same time, he doesn't like me better than anybody else. God has no favorites, the scripture tells us. But what he does appreciate is faith and reaching out to him and saying, you know what? Jesus, help. I can't do this. I need you. Help me, Jesus. Help me. And I'm telling you today, he would tell you, let me in. Your suffering's over. It's a new day if you'll do things like I'm saying to do. Amen. So Jesus, what he wants to do for you today is bring you hope, help, and healing. But we got to call on the name of the Lord. Can we stand up together today? Praise God. I hope that you've received his word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And what I want to do right now, as we've just listened to the word for a few minutes here, I want to give you a chance to receive Jesus into your life. And, and maybe you're like, well, I've been to churches. I've heard this. Man, knock it off. Quit that. Today's the day of salvation if you'll receive him. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. Don't, don't do it tomorrow. Do it today. Do it right now. If you do not have things in your life where they need to be with Jesus, that's a risk that I am not willing to take. I'm telling you that right now. And so maybe you're like, yeah, well, when I was a kid, I got baptized. When this happened, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about today. How are things today between you and Jesus? And so what I want to do is I want to lead us in a prayer today. And maybe at one point you and Jesus had it, you know, you were tight. You were walking with him. But somewhere along the way, you kind of walked away. And we know that he would never leave us or forsake us. But let's get real. Sometimes life happens and we kind of leave him and forsake him and walk away. Well, today's the day to restore that and let him come in and have a shot at your life to change it and rock your world like he wants to do. I want to pray for you. Amen. And then I want to give you a chance. If you pray with us, I don't like to just say, okay, you prayed. You're on your own. Good luck. It's a crazy world out there. Hope you make it. No. What I want to do is I, I want to hook you up with someone from church here that could be a mentor to you for the next month that could text you a Bible verse every day, that could pray for you. If you have any questions, they could help you. We call it a spiritual personal trainer. And what it is is just somebody to help you get back on the right track. Not to just say, well, you prayed, hope you make it. No, I want to give you somebody in your life that could help you stay where you need to be and then get you on your own. You know, when you first ride a bike, there's the, you know, somebody helps walk you along the way. Then after a while, they're like, okay, you you got it. You're balanced. You got this. That's what I'm talking about. And so I want to pray with you today. And then if you're like, yeah, Pastor Dave, I could use a little help getting myself on the right way, then I'll help you with that. And I will hook you up with somebody that could get you on the right path. Let's pray together today. And I want you to pray this prayer after me. Repeat this. And you got to mean it with your heart. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. Believe that he was born and that he died. And he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Help me to live for you now. I'm coming home in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise this morning? Now check it out. I've got my friend Jose right here. Jose, come on out. Come on out, Jose. Jose um, is a, a, one of our great leaders here, but check it out. 
If you prayed that and you're like, you know what, I could use a little extra help. I could use someone texting me some verses and some prayers. I want you to go see Jose. All he's going to do is get your name and phone number, and I will personally set you up if you're a guy with a guy, if you're a girl with a girl that could text you and pray for you every day for the next 30 days and help you get on track. And so Jose's right there. Yeah, go go give him your name and number, and he'll be right back there at the sound booth, all right? Anybody else in here, if you need prayer for anything, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this morning very quickly. If you need prayer for your healing, for your family, for anything at all, what we do around here is we want to pray for you. And so we're going to have just a couple minutes here. If you need prayer, let us pray for you. In the name of Jesus, Josh is going to lead us in one more worship song as we close out. What a beautiful name it is, and the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, and nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, and nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus and death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grave, the heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again you have no rival you have no
could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grave, the heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, in the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, in the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus
Amen. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. Who had a good time with us today? Yeah. Well, thank you, Jesus. Well, we're getting ready to, uh, come on up. We're getting ready to uh, dismiss everybody. As you can see, the food is coming out. So that's always a good time. Amen. When the food shows up. But praise the Lord, we would like you to stick around, please. Maybe you're like, well, I didn't bring anything. We didn't ask you. Hey, if you're not one of our members, we didn't ask you to bring nothing. We just want you to stay and hang out with us. We've got gifts for your kids, and we've got dinner for all of you. And so we want to do this together as one big, happy, happy family. And so I remind you, though, if this was your first time, or first time in a long time, if you've got an info card, this is Heather right over here. Please come see Heather. Uh, the, amen. The church has purchased some gifts. We'd like to give you a welcome gift. And uh, all we need you to do is give her your info card. We've got a gift that we have bought for you. And we want to bless you with that as a Merry Christmas gift and everything else. And one final reminder. We are, we are having the food served today. This is just the first round. If you're like, that doesn't look like enough for a couple hundred people. Oh, there's a lot more back there. Okay. There's more where that came from. So there's plenty for everyone, but we have servers today to kind of keep it clean and all that stuff. But here's what I told the servers. So don't get mad at them. I said, Hey, have a smile on your face, even behind the mask and go fast. Okay. So if they kind of move you along fast, it takes a minute to feed hundreds of people. That's what we've got here today. So uh, they're going to kind of scoop your food and keep you moving as quick as possible. That way everybody gets to eat. And around here, we're kind of old-fashioned. We like to honor our seniors also. And so we, if you see a senior citizen, first of all, don't ask them how old they are. That's I learned that the hard way. They didn't. Yeah, she didn't like that. But don't ask them how old they are. And then, uh, but if you see a senior, let them, you know, go ahead through the line at the beginning. Amen. Do you have any directions on... On uh, any of that, um, please help your ch- please help your children. Don't just let them hold their plate and run. Okay, even sometimes the taller ones. <laughs> so just help them out, okay? And your middle your middle schoolers, we love them too, but sometimes they're not thinking. So just remind them two hands, okay? Two hands. Uh, so help them through the line. Feel free to sit anywhere. Meet someone you haven't talked to before, okay? That's why we do lunches like this, even though we've grown, is because we love each other and we want to be a big family. So make sure that you are loving on people and that you meet all your extra cousins here at church, okay? All right, so we're going to pray for the food. And so parents, uh, go get your kids, first of all, okay? You can't be like, oh, date night, the kids are gone, let's eat, come on. No, go get the kids, go get the kids. And then uh, come back and grab your food. The kids are in the building right behind us, Victory Hall. And if this was your first time, give your card to Heather here because we want to give you a gift. Amen. Let's pray over the food, and then we'll dismiss you. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for the time that we've had today, that we got to hear all about you. Jesus, this is your birthday, and we want it to be about you. So, Lord, I pray that you'll keep this word in our hearts so we can follow you all the way, God, and receive your hope, help, and healing. Lord, I pray you bless the food today in Jesus' name. Let it do good for us. Keep us healthy and strong, and may we serve you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? All right, everybody. If you're a first-timer, come give your card to Heather. Everyone else, go grab your kids. If you don't have kids, then get in line for food.